I'm Amy Lettingham. I'm a master certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm Kevin Lettingham, Amy's husband and a former reality and docuseries TV producer director. And together we want to welcome you to Sex, Love, and Mindful Dating. In today's episode, we're going to be talking, talking. Well, talking and listening, actually. These are the two most important components for making human connections. But based on our collective experiences, this seemingly simple life skill is just something that far too many singles struggle with. And believe it or not, when you understand and master the art of conversation, it will make you more attractive to potential partners and the outside world. That is why today we're going to share our best conversation strategies to not only help you connect, but also help you create emotional bonds that last. And if your goal is to find lasting love, my conscious dating programs help you do just that. We do it through breaking your unhealthy dating beliefs, attitudes, patterns, and through my online dating courses, group coaching, and personal one-on-one virtual coaching, I can help you. Contact me at amythedatingcoach.com, that's A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com, and mention the podcast to receive a special offer. I think we should probably begin with our first date and our first conversations. I know we had some conversations on the phone, but for the purposes of this podcast, let's talk about the face-to-face ones. What was that like for you, those first few moments together? Yeah, I thought that at first, obviously, when I canceled the date, you were kind of guarded. I was. I was very guarded. (laughs) And I thought, okay, let me see if I can win this guy over. (laughs) Because my conversation skills at this point were completely held back. I had good conversation skills, but I was so annoyed from the canceling of the first date. And if if you've just tuned in to this is the very first podcast, Amy canceled the first date, then called me back to reschedule the very same night. And I said yes, but I went there with a little bit of an attitude. Yeah, he was definitely arms crossed, not ready to talk. (laughs) I knew that it was partially my fault. So I started asking you a lot of questions and being very interested in you. And I armed myself with questions that night, actually. You came to the date with specific questions? Yeah. Hmm. In my culture, can I just be honest? We're not people that ask a lot of questions. I'm Vietnamese. And when you ask a lot of questions, it's actually kind of rude in our culture because it's like you're prying into people's businesses. <laughs> yeah. So they, they don't really teach you the art of conversation. You kind of share what you share and that's it. So I had to actually learn it and through books that I read and things. So when you sat down, the first thing I did, it was like, okay. Uh, this is my fault. He's guarded. Let me start talking about things that light him up. And I remembered on your profile, you said that you worked in entertainment, that you traveled a lot. So that I knew in the back of my head, let's talk about travel because I have a feeling he enjoys it. That's why he does this for work. Yeah, that, that was true. I came armed with one question, which was, why the hell did you cancel this date? <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I remember when we did talk about traveling, that was something we were able to bond with. Yeah, and I think in the past dates, like, and guys that I've been on dates with, the problem that I see is they kind of stick to the surface questions and they don't really talk about or get curious with the other person and find out, like, you know, what, what lights them up in life. And I think one thing that 
that I noticed when I was talking with you is you were very open and I didn't feel like there was a lot of things we couldn't talk about. And part of that was because the way you kind of like, you were vulnerable about your life, your situation, you were even vulnerable about canceling the date, Mm -hmm. like the reasons and all that. And I think, you know, that was important to me in the initial connection. Yeah, I think the bond that you create is, it starts with vulnerability. And yeah, even though I was intentional with my questions, I also shared a lot of the things that mattered to me. I got kicked out when I was 19 years old. Yeah. I was on my own. I put myself through college. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. That was super interesting to hear on a first date was those stories. And it's so funny because I used to be so ashamed of those kind of stories, but I realized those stories show your character. Yeah. And that's what people either respect or they don't. And it's okay. I'm not trying to get everyone to respect me. I'm trying to find people that connect with me when I'm my authentic self. Well, another thing that is super important is that I that I noticed as well is our conversation was was fairly back and forth. I've always felt like conversations should be like tennis matches. Yep. That you should be watching the ball go back and forth and back and forth. And I think in my dating experiences, and you might be able to say this too, is far too many people get caught up in talking about themselves. Yeah. It's the biggest turnoff. I will tell you, like, not only have I experienced it, but I listen to my clients experience it. And it's so sad because somebody will have, will have the best intentions, but they'll talk so much that they never ask the other person a question. And the other person feels like they're non-existent. Yeah that they're just there to be a listener and that's not fun for anyone. So that unconscious habit, you know, can really be a massive turnoff. And, you know, some people just walk out the date during the date. Yeah. Yeah. Or come up with a reason to leave or whatever to get out of there. I went on a date and the guy did exactly that. He just kept talking and talking and talking. Do you know what I asked him? What? Is there anything you want to know about me? What do you say? He's like, oh, oh, I've been talking the whole entire time. I mean, these are unconscious habits, yeah, you know? And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, tell me about your family, you know? But it it's took too late. me interrupting him and being like, yo, flag, you're talking too much. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been on those dates as well where, where someone talks about themselves too long and it's just super unattractive. And look, let's be clear. I think there are different reasons people talk a lot. Sometimes people do it out of nerves. Sometimes people do it because they're narcissistic. Sometimes people do it because the other person isn't talking. But the bottom line is, if you're good at the art of conversation, you will figure out ways to get something from that person or to transition them out of that shell that they're in to get a more balanced one. And if you don't, you don't see him again. Agreed. And here is the purpose of a date. Every single person that's listening to this, I want you to understand. The whole purpose is to see the person across from you and understand them. You want to know who they are underneath it all because you're meeting the sales representative. You're meeting the person that may be interested in you and showing the best side of, of them. But your goal on a date is to be like, who are you underneath all this? And how does your values align with me? That's where the connection really happens. That won't happen without you listening more than you speaking. 
again, what makes a great conversation and what we've had in almost all our relationship is our ability to actively listen and then to be curious about the other person. Yeah, and the curiosity sparks the question. Yeah, and that keeps conversation flowing and makes it more natural. And the goal always is to have natural flowing conversations. And when you do, you tend to bond more. Yeah, agreed. I'll never forget, my mom once gave me advice, and I think it was in high school. She said, if you want to get people to like you, ask them questions about themselves because people love to talk about themselves. It's true. And I held on to that through my whole life. In fact, I'd go to job interviews and I'd end up asking people questions in the job interviews almost like a date. I would treat job interviews like dates because I, I don't think that we're, what we're discussing here is exclusive to dating. It is something that can work with friendships and Absolutely. family relationships and, and professional relationships. But I always think of that. So if I get caught up talking about myself too much, I go, ask a question, ask a question. Mm -hmm. And that my mom did. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about my free ebook, Five Dating Traps to Avoid. It gives you tips to avoid all the traps that make your heart break. So go to amythedatingcoach.com and that's spelled A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. What are some of the big things you teach your clients about conversation? Well, the most important one is to ask open-ended questions. What are those? Well, let, let me share with you what a closed-ended question is, which I don't want you to ask, which are questions that end with the answer of a yes or a no. So it's like, do you like tennis? Yes. Yes. Okay, do you like the color blue? Yes. That doesn't allow the conversation to continue. So open-ended questions are more like, what sports do you like? Tennis. <laughs> Just kidding. And then you know what's interesting about that answer? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me why you like tennis so much. Yeah. There are questions that allow that person to converse further rather than just say yes or no. Yeah. Open-ended questions show um, a person's character, too. It's easier to lie with closed-ended questions. Like, do you want a relationship? Sure. <laughs> what does your future relationship look like? that's different. That's yeah. going to be like, well, what I really want is blah, 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 blah. So it's a much harder way to lie. Another thing that I see single struggle with is like, they don't know how to stay positive in a conversation. Yeah, They start talking about all the things they don't like, or they don't want. And you can have like, all of a sudden a date turned into a pity party between two people who which, complain about the world yeah. about everything and in today's atmosphere i imagine this is a problem more than ever yes because there's so few good things going on there's the job market's bad you know political situation the pandemic i mean there's, there's a lot so of complaining going around but the goal would be god if you are someone who can have a positive spin right now that will make you so attractive yeah, and it, and that's what people gravitate to is positivity and happy people. And I'm not saying, you know, to deny your feelings and emotions, but there's a time and place for everything. While you're in the beginning phases of dating, it's important to just keep it positive until you both feel more comfortable, then you can start being more open about those challenges. Yeah. If you start off with all the negative conversation, you're going to likely turn off the person across from you. So positivity is important. And if the person across from you is super negative and you're positive, you're learning something. Yep. 
Because if you can't bring them to a positive space, then, well, this isn't a good person for you. You are positive. You want to be with positive people. So it's another weed out system. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Another tool for active listening that's really cool. I learned this actually in coaching is that you paraphrase. So you listen to somebody and they tell you their story. They tell you their ideas. And then rather than respond with like what your thoughts are or what you want to reflect on, you actually paraphrase exactly what they said. So what I'm hearing you say is that blah, 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 blah. Is that mirroring? It's like it's mirror- mirroring. Yeah. yeah. So if the person says last week, I, I watched this really cool show and it really brought me to tears because I, I it reminded me of my mother. Yeah. So then I would respond with. Oh, wow. So it brought you to tears. It reminded you of your mother. Oh. What happened? Tell and why, why is this yeah. good? Tell me more. Because it makes the person that is speaking feel like you're hearing them and mm. that, that you've heard. And it also clarifies to make sure you heard it correctly. There's a lot of studies on this art of conversation. One of them that I thought was really interesting was you're almost better off talking about things like abortion, about politics, about things that are really controversial than you are about, say, movies. People tend to bond over controversial stuff more than dull, everyday, mundane stuff. And I believe that because I hate small talk. I hate small talk too. Small talk drives me bonkers. But I think that's where being vulnerable is so important. So those conversations about money, debt, maybe a divorce, what did you learn from the divorce, right? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about complaining about you know your ex, but really, what, how did you grow from each one of these experiences? It helps people go, wow, this person's awesome. I'm learning so much about them. So there should be no shame around that. Yeah. And and I think some of the older people that are listening grew up with don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, don't talk about some of these controversial issues. And I think for the most part, that's gone out the window. Yep. It can just be what are your thoughts on what's going on in politics now? It can be Mm -hmm. and you don't have to stay on it either. You can just you can just glance into their world and then step out and just kind of see where they are. You know, again, it's about listening to understand and not listening to respond, right? And I think if you're asking these questions, come in with the idea that you're not gonna be like in a, getting into an argument. It's more of a discussion and being like, okay, well, we don't agree in those beliefs, but that's fine. Yeah. I'm not trying to change you, you don't have to change me. We obviously aren't a good fit, you know? The title of this podcast is about making yourself more attractive through conversation, and there are studies that have shown this. There's an interesting one on Plenty of Fish, the dating website, that basically found that Generation Z, which is right now the 20s and 30-somethings out there, really value conversation. So much so that 74% of all singles believe in good conversation over physical attraction. Meaning they basically are going, I would rather have a good conversation with you rather than you just being hot and boring. And I think that is kind of happening all over that's like mental stimulation 101 do you find that your clients have trouble with the art of conversation absolutely i do work with several gentlemen that have a really hard time they're so into their heads uh that they have a hard time being present and asking right questions and connecting and they're good looking guys yeah and it turns off the ladies 
There is one more really interesting study, and it's about questions to ask, right? This was done at Northwestern University in Chicago. Yes. And this professor basically came up with 36 questions that they found would spark a real connection. And you use this. Yeah. Uh, they actually have an article in Psychology Today that they share these 36 questions. So I always send those out to my clients. Let's talk about a few of them. Yeah, let's talk about a few of them. Actually, I was thinking maybe you and I could pick a question from the list and ask each other. Would you be open we're, to it? We're going to do that? Yeah, why not? Wow, this is, I didn't expect to have to be on a date. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure now. There, that's why I was like, hmm, what questions should I pick? Uh, you mean we're going to ask the question, but not keep talking about them, just like answer one time. Yeah. All right, all right, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, Kevin. Given yes. the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Hmm. Besides me. Besides you. That's right. <laughs> Besides my wife. That's right. Uh, who would I want as a dinner guest? Probably Leonardo da Vinci. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He Tell would me be. why. He is like the smartest human being that's ever set foot on this earth. This man wrote actual plans to build a helicopter in like the 15th century he wrote plans to build a submarine i mean wow. before any of this was even like conceived in the real world he was imagining practical things that wouldn't come around for 500 years plus he was a painter i mean i saw mona lisa in italy and uh, you know it's the most famous painting in the world he just did so many incredible things in the world that i'm fascinated by his mind I'm just gonna pause real quick. Just in one question like that, I learned that you are a history buff, you are analytical, uh, that you love like profound people that create things, that you're a creative person. So that's the power of the single question here. Yeah. When you ask and you're listening you're not only listening to hear all the things he likes, but the underlying tones behind it is his character. Yeah. Yeah, because the way you answered, why you liked him, what was important to you, how much you knew about him. Basically what happened there is when I answered it, I gave you a breadth of information to learn and then also to launch pad yourself off into different questions that might help you understand me more. Exactly. All right. I guess I'm up for the next question. Okay. Question is, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time and why haven't you done it? Well, yeah, I actually always dreamed of living in another country and take a year and go travel the world and just live in different countries and experience other people and stories and learn about history and and I don't think I'll, I'm gonna tear up saying this but I don't think I'm ever going to get to do that <laughs> as much as I want to you know why haven't I well because the world's changed and you know you haven't done it yet and that hasn't changed before why haven't you done it I, ha I haven't done it yet because priorities in life always got in the way you know I had a job at the time so I had to I couldn't travel for a year, you know, even if I saved enough, I, I just, I'd never had that opportunity. I think that's the one thing when I met you that you 
did get to travel for a year and go see the world. And that really like excited me. That's something I learned about Kevin, by the way, I'm sharing with you. But yeah. that is something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Well, it's possible. Maybe one day we will live in another country. Yeah. Well, what did you learn about me by me answering that? Well, I think that, number one, it's an emotional topic. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect that to be an emotional one. So it hit you emotionally. I would have followed up with, why are you being emotional about this? And that would probably bring out more. Look, not everyone is going to cry or get emotional when answering these questions, but I think the study ended up with these final 36 questions because they do such a good job of bringing out truth and understanding and vulnerability. Exactly. You know what? I'll read a few additional ones just to give you a better idea of what kind of questions we're talking about here. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Uh, what is your most treasured memory? What is your most terrible memory? I mean, these questions are going to elicit legitimate emotional elements of someone's life unless they're not vulnerable. Yep. Absolutely agreed. So if they're not vulnerable, you're going to know right off the bat because they're going to deflect or say that's a stupid question. Let's change the subject. And that tells you that you're going to have a hard time connecting and creating a bond with them anyways, even if they're the most attractive person in the room. Uh, listen, eventually that physical attraction does fizzle. So you're going to need a lot more than that to hang on in a relationship. And it, it is the art of conversation that keeps the relationship going. Absolutely. When you are bored with the TV off on a couch sitting there, I don't care how hot that person is. After years of being together, if you can't converse, you will end up having a failed relationship, period, mm -hmm. the end. And if you're having bad conversations in week three, right, of a relationship, what do you think is going to happen in year three? Yeah, it just gets worse. I mean, conversation is just that important. And I think everybody needs to know that you need to take ownership of your own skill set and you need to hold the person across from you accountable for their ability to converse. And I think that's really important to close with is that even if you don't understand or have mastered the art of conversation, it's a skill that you can learn and develop mm -hmm. and you can grow. So don't be hard on yourself. Don't be tough and saying, oh, I never learned this skill. Listen, I told you in my culture, I'm Vietnamese. We don't ask a lot of questions, really, because we don't want to pry. But I learned to listen and ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that is a powerful thing that you can learn and develop, and it'll help you more outside of dating, too. And you've got a book on conversation that a friend of yours gave you, right? Yes. My friend, Mike Doria, for my birthday, gave me this really cool book, and it's called Questions for Couples. 469 thought-provoking questions. It says, conversation starters for connecting, building trust, and rekindling intimacy. Interesting. So I would highly recommend you take a look at it. And I think that would probably work for if you're single too, I would imagine. Oh yeah, there are great questions I mean, in here. One of the questions here is, what are you dreading in life right now? Wow. Well, I'm dreading another year of this pandemic crap. <laughs> yes, the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic. Let's be done with it. Let's yeah. be done. Yeah, well, looks like we've kind of come to the end of this. So, Amy, can you give us your takeaways, please? 
Yes, let's do takeaway number one. Actively listen. It's so important for you to paraphrase and let the listener know that you heard them. That's that mirroring technique we were talking about earlier. And come from a place of being curious about the person. Listen to understand, not to respond. Takeaway number two is be vulnerable, but with boundaries. You don't have to throw up everything about you. Allow yourself to be seen though. So be honest, whether you wanna talk about politics, religion, these are things that really matter to you. Let yourself be heard, but use vulnerability as a way to see if the person across from you judges you or accepts you. That tells you a lot whether they belong in your life or not. Takeaway number three, ask powerful questions that spark intimacy. Focus on open-ended questions. Avoid closed-ended questions that end in yes or no. Takeaway number four, have at least five questions in your pocket. I always say preparation plus opportunity equals success. So having these questions will allow you to create a connection that is more meaningful than the small talk conversations. And lastly, be positive. Focus on talking about things that you're celebrating, what makes you passionate and happy in life. Believe it or not, your positivity creates more attractiveness. People want to be around happy people and your conversation should show that. If you're struggling with online dating and you don't know where to start, I'm here to help you. The important thing here is that there are resources and tools and I have a program called How to Conquer Online Dating. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, use the coupon podcast to get 50% off the program. Go to amythedatingcoach.com and you'll find all the information there. All right, well, that's the end of this episode. As always, please uh, give us a five-star review or hit the subscribe button. It does really help us. And we'd love to hear from you. Go to amythedatingcoach.com forward slash podcast. Leave your comments, thoughts, and questions. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next show. All right. Thank you very much.